Hello, welcome to another episode of In My Chair. I am your host, Dr. Ty. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a fun today. And we like to bring light to those licensed beauty professionals that are doing awesome things, developing things, but really bring it to the light and expose them for what they do every day in their artistic value and qualities. Today, our guest is Salah Alexander. Salah is a holistic concept hairstylist in this beauty industry, and we just really want to have fun today. We want to talk about some things. Salah, how are you doing? I am so excellent. Thank you, Dr. Ty, for having me today. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, I see that you, when I see words like holistic, anything like that, that just kind of blows my mind. So just give us a little bit inside of who you are, where you're from, where you reside, so the people out here can know who you are. Okay, so I'm Sayla Alexander. I'm actually a fourth generation um, salon owner and stylist. I come from multiple generations of entrepreneurs. So I've been an entrepreneur from birth. I've pretty much taken the road less traveled, if you will. Um, I did decide to pursue my education because I understand the intersection between entrepreneurship and education. And I actually have a background in nonprofit management also and business development. So I've been able to take my, my family history basically and turn it into something that will leave a legacy, not just for myself, but for my previous generations and also for the generations to come. Um, and my goal really in terms of holistic wellness is to include all aspects of what it means to be complete and well within the beauty industry, right? Um, you can apply holistic to anything, right? Real estate, you can literally apply it to anything. Um, for me personally, when I got into hair, I actually was a natural hairstylist my entire career. Um, there was wow. a point where I got into holistic wellness. I was privileged and blessed to be able to study directly under Dr. Layla Africa, who actually passed away last year. And before he transitioned, he challenged all of us to take what we know and be ambassadors for the truth and for what it is that we're here to do and do not hide our light under a bushel. Um, I was able to basically take that idea and take it outside of this whole like esoteric space and apply it to people in everyday life. So you don't have to be any special person or some sort of mystical person to benefit mm -hmm. from holistic hair care or holistic wellness. Wow, I, I, I'm amazed with that. You're right. You can make holistic whatever you want to be in whatever industry. You know, so I'm, uh, I practice vegetarian. Vegan is harder, but I practice both. And so I really understand that undergirding of what that holistic means because it's really just taking care of your body in, in its natural, purest form. And so I really appreciate that. So, I mean, I don't want to date you. I don't want to age you. But how long, really, since your fourth generation, I would say probably probably from six months of birth, how long have you been <laughs> in the beauty industry? You know what? This is a big piece about Black history, Black legacy. We, yeah. Our legacy is right in our faces, but we don't know it because we're not socialized yeah. in a society or in our culture to focus on that. That is something that comes when you have quality of life, right? But for the mm -hmm. majority of us, we follow in the footsteps of our previous people. So if, if, if my grandfather was a cop, my father's probably a cop, I'm a cop. If my grandmother's a teacher, my mom's a teacher, I'm a teacher. It pretty much is a legacy in that way, right? That's how society works. And you're socialized, right, by your family, your church, and your school. For me, growing up in an entrepreneur family, everybody did all kinds of things. So it wasn't that hair was specifically highlighted. Also, you know, I suffered, we suffered the loss of my aunt, who would have been the generation before me, who would have acclimated me into the beauty yeah. industry. She died when I was 12 due to mental illness. And ultimately, mm -hmm. for me, holistic health 
was so much more about making it to the to the finish point, right? So yeah. we didn't talk about hair. It wasn't like something we said, oh, this is what we do. I didn't really understand that I was a fourth generation salon owner until I went back to college and I studied feminism and I understood the path of a mother is the path of the daughter, right? Yeah. You would think I would have known that because I, I knew it consciously, but, so, but I did not, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. So I charged myself with the opportunity to scale the businesses. My parents owned an oil company. So I grew up in an oil uh -huh. business answering the phones from six years old. My mom, she is am amazing with contracts. You know, my parents were upwardly mobile people. So that was just what we did. But once I went to college and I was able to put it all together and see like, okay, at this point, I see where I can take this to the future. Wow, that's that's amazing. What I'm, what I'm listening to is, is purely motivation. So what keeps you motivated through every day to continue to uh, live within this legacy, fourth generation? What keeps you motivated? I don't have a choice. Um, it's so funny. Like I know so many people and I coach salon owners and stylists who are like, oh my God, I want to open a salon. I want to open a salon so bad. And I tell them like, if it's in, it's, if it's in the path for you to do, you're going to do it. I opened yeah. my very first salon when I was 20 years old because of some crazy story that we're not going to get into right now. But what they say is when, when preparation meets opportunity, you yeah. know what I mean? You grab it. And it's so funny. It's like, we know in society, our choices are pre-constructed. Apparently my ancestors, my spirits, whatever decided I was going to be a hairstylist, no matter what I wanted to do. Um, I was able to, when I, a couple of years ago, I moved to Nebraska and my husband moved us there because um, he got a job at Facebook. Right. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? So I happened to find a hair salon and I happened to find an investor. And I just happened to be the first black woman to own a hair salon in West Omaha. That was not something I set out to do. It literally fell in my lap. And the guy said, look, I'm not taking no for an answer. So there is no magic that I'm doing other than just accepting my path and walking in it so firmly that there's nothing else I can do but to accept the blessings that are already paved for me. And I know that sounds so cliche sometimes, but it's true. Like I wanted to be the Olivia Pope of nonprofits. That was my goal. So I got the master's degree. I did all the things. Well. No one will hire me, okay? Wow. Wow. Well, that's amazing. When you're living within the universe and you're doing everything right, you're on a path, and you've been given opportunities just through your legacy, being a fourth generation, and you understood what that meant. It took a little time, but you understood what that meant, and you went with the responsibilities of that. When you, when you, when you deal with situations like that, I mean, and you know that life is giving you um, opportunities. It's putting you in position to to succeed. You know, how do you how do you move? How do you move knowing that you have things that are working for you? You know what? I definitely have faith, and my faith is giant at this point yeah. because I told you I got into the industry at twenty. And funny story, how you know, your downfall can be used for your upliftment. I actually mm -hmm. dropped out of college at 20. I was, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse, sexual assault, actually, that happened randomly, suddenly by a family member, believe it or not. And, you know, coming out of that, I didn't share that with anyone until I was 35 years old. I'm still not going to tell wow. you how old I am. I'm 40 now. But my whole point is that that was pain that I suffered internally. And I did not recognize how much I let it change me until 
I had to get into a, a career field, right? Because you got to pay your bills. You got to live. I'm also a, um, a jewelry designer. I'm also a musician. So at that time, I was in school for music. So I said, well, the, the least I could do is do music. But then I fell into a crowd of people who were like, hey, you should be a hairstylist. You should, you know, you should just do natural hair. It doesn't require much. So I kind of like followed my intuition and I trusted. But when you lose family members, like my dad, you know, I told you my family was oil business, right? My father died when I was eight. So my path, I, I had to give up a lot as a kid, basically. So by the time I got to be in my early 20s, it was like, I've already gone through so much. At this point, this has to work. I mean, I can't see it being any other way. And, and, and I'm so blessed that I continue and I have people in my background who support me. I have multiple coaches who keep me motivated. You know, I'm going through a major life transition right now. You know, I'm single again suddenly, which is crazy. COVID happened, so I had to close my salon, move from Nebraska. Like, but legitimately, I just listen to my spirit. I listen to God. I listen to my ancestors, and I just follow. I just follow. Like, it literally at this point, it just comes to me. So I want everybody to understand that it's a practice, right? Faith is a practice. It's not something you just wake up and you just do it. No, you 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 back. You relapse. You go through all kind of craziness when you're dealing in faith, but eventually you Absolutely. get to a point where you realize I have no other choice but to hands up, hands off the wheel. Like, just tell me where to go, okay? I'm tired. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So that's, you, you mentioned COVID. How has COVID changed the way you operate business and how do you interact with, you know, just the community now? Well, it's so funny um, because I've been doing hair for so long. I've been in the industry for 20 years. You know, I've done it as a single person. I've done it with in marriage. I've done it with children. I've done it every which way. It's a new incarnation at this point because my baby is now set, almost seven. So I don't have to carry her around on my hip anymore. So yeah. I've been traveling around the country, working with clients, working with people all over the country. But COVID meant that I could not stand still anymore. It meant that mm -hmm. I could not rely on booth rent. I mean, booth rent, to be quite honest with you, is not a good, stable, consistent income base, base for a salon. It used to be at one point, but it's really not consistent. It's not stable. So I had to become the stylist all over again. I had to leave my, my position or supposedly on this perch, right, as a salon owner and actually come back down and say, you know what? I need to get clients because I had to close my salon. And how am I going to eat? How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to push yeah. this concept? And so I yeah. totally changed my concept from being a salon space to a beauty and uh, fashion entrepreneur co-working space. And okay. I'm going to use Share Share as the core of that because I want people to know that you can travel around. You don't have to stay in the same space. You know, when I lived in Nebraska, for instance, COVID was rampant on the East Coast. So I could still work in Nebraska. But then eventually COVID came to Nebraska. But by that point, it was under control in other parts of the country. So I never had to lose my income because I could always go wherever it was easier and with wow. share share it's been able to help wow. me like literally i can wake up today and say my friends all over the place so i'm going to dallas in a couple of weeks so i could look right now and say okay who's in dallas let me book some clients while i'm in dallas that's how i get it i make a post wow. I, I make an advertisement that's simple i get clients well that's, that's amazing simple. it's funny it's funny how you transition into the next question before i even asked it you know, so we're in the tech world now, everything is moving fast, social media, different booking platforms, but how did we know that a share share was coming? How did we understand the industry from that vantage point? How did you learn about share share? Um, again, I just 
I don't, I can't even tell you how I know things. They just come to me. Um, I have friends who own real estate and instead of, you know, because of COVID people weren't able to pay their rent. And so my friends are like, listen, I'm not paying for someone to live in my house for free. Right. Same way with salons. It's like most salons weren't making any money. It was just over pretty much. And so my one friend, she started renting to Airbnb people. And she said, you know, it's much less wear and tear, you know, you make more money, blah, blah, blah. So I started looking and I said, wait a minute, there's gotta be something like that for stylists. I do not know how, it, like the same day I asked that question, it was the same day I found Shearshare. I'm an app person. I have an app for everything, okay? I believe in automation. I believe in technology. As soon as I found it, I was like, oh, I'm in there. And so it was easy for me because I was already in the business. The salon I was working in for two years closed. Like she'd message us on Friday. We had to get out by Sunday. I had nowhere to work. So it was like, I had to find something. Wow. So you understand where the industry is going. How do you think Shearshare fits into the future business of the industry and the way we work now going forward and with the mindset of where the industry is going with technology, things moving fast? How do you see Shearshare fitting in? Well, number one, my biggest uh, point of advocacy is for Black women-owned brands and Black-owned brands. So I'm really excited that you developed this and yeah. I can brag now. I, I didn't know that you were a Black guy. Thanks, Dr. Ty. Um, <laughs> however, I will say my whole entire reason even for going back to school, getting a master's degree, all of that, I created a workforce program that will basically be a partnership with the federal government to train stylists and beauty entrepreneurs in entrepreneurship, not in the skill side. But as a part of that, I needed to partner and I need to partner with organizations such as ShareShare so that as these individuals are being um, brought into the industry, you know, over 90% of stylists who actually graduate from cosmetology school do not practice. Do you know that the average cost of cosmetology school is $17,000 and people don't even make that per year. So what ShareShare is doing is providing a, a contract day by day so you don't have to commit out of pocket. You can also have your, your clients pay up front. So you don't have to pay an upfront fee. You don't have to pay a deposit. You can buy $5 insurance per day. It literally also creates an environment of trust. So stylists don't have to wonder about whether they're going to be safe when they go to the environment. And guess what? I went to a space I didn't like. Guess who I contacted? I contacted Jenny, like Jenny. Um, I don't this guy. He, mm -mm. And she was there for me. I don't have that as an independent contractor. I have to do all of those things. And when I train my, my people that I work with, they don't have the experience that I have. They don't have the background that I have. So ShareShare stands in the gap. Like you're literally creating poverty solutions for women because the majority of your users will be women of color. Because when you look at apps like StyleSeat, I've used StyleSeat for years, same thing. Other apps, same thing. You're standing in the gap. You're literally solving wow. poverty for many women. I hope you understand that. I've been doing that research for 10 years. That is my life's work. So I was wow. so excited when I saw this, this opportunity. And I want to work with you even further because your people need to know about this. The salons need to know and the stylists need to know. Well, I really appreciate that. With the experience that you've had, you know, in your short period of time with Share Share, will you recommend this to the industry at large? Barbershop. Oh, hands down. Hands down. Because this is my thing. I'm I, I'm about to open a new space. I'm not even focused on recruiting stylists. I told you I have stylists I work with all over the country. Now I can actually use share share to pay me. I don't have to deal with them directly. I'm gonna sign up as a share share provider. And when these individuals come to me and I, I work with them, I'm gonna send them to the app. 
and let the app manage that. Let the app automate that. So when I'm in, you know, uh, uh, Bali, when I go on my vacation in Bali soon, I'm going to have my salon manager managing the stylists and the people who come through with ShareShare. And it's going to make I it a Bali. seamless experience. Man, I haven't been. This will be my first time. Okay, well, that, I'm excited. That, that, that's good. I really appreciate you plugging that because at the end of the day, I think with technology moving so fast and so many different platforms, ShareShare is so different from other platforms. We're, 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 we're booking out from the B2B uh, standpoint. So the licensed professional and the salon and barbershop spa owner. So we're giving people an opportunity, like you said, and sometimes where, where there's poverty stricken points into this industry, especially what you said, women of color. So that, that's amazing. I, I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you following, you know, just that, just that generation, you know, that fourth generational spirit uh, of guidance and direction. And you, you're really a staple to your family that, as they have been to you. Let's just get fun. Let's get fun about this, this interview. What do you wish you knew when you got into the industry uh, that, you know, you don't know now. Mm. Make sure you get a deposit and a contract up front. I don't care if they're your mama. I don't care if it's your twin sister, okay? If she's going to rent a space in your salon, get a deposit and get a contract. Uh, number one, because I have a bunch of people around here. If I wanted to, I could pull up on them and uh, collect. No, I'm just joking. But uh, that part, also, I would say, you know, in terms of business partnership, be open to people who don't look like you. When I went yeah. to Nebraska, my business partner was a white, white, white man with blonde hair from Kansas, okay? He has been, even to this point, one of my best allies. This man put hundreds of thousands of dollars into my salon concept. You know, he was literally the best business partner I could have asked for. But there are people who would say, oh, well, you know, he don't look like me. Well, there's a saying that all skin folk ain't kin folk, okay? So yeah. remember the color of your business is green. It ain't always got to be black, you know? And I had to learn that. Um, honestly, I, I did, I had to learn that. Um, another thing I had to learn is it's okay to quit. Don't be unhappy when you're an entrepreneur. If you're a hairstylist and you're in a salon you don't like, leave. It's, it's up to you, you can leave. You don't have to stay there just because you said you were gonna stay. Pay the people the money and get on gone. Yeah, those are probably the biggest things that I'll take away. <laughs> you, have, you have great energy. You have great wisdom. But I think your experiences speak a lot because you've actually been uncomfortable, you know, and gotten, you've been uncomfortable several times where you've been able to now break through the status quo. And I think sometimes people don't realize, you know, being in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, around people that are not a lot of people of your color, and sometimes, you know, doing the things you're doing in the holistic ways and being a fourth generation, you know, stylist and learning the things you've learned, not just in the industry, but community wise, and just really filling in the gaps in areas mm -hmm. where a lot of people don't. You know, I think that uh, you have just said two resources. Resources can be people, not just people of, of your skin color, but people of other of other skin yeah. colors, colors, other uh, uh, other ethnicities. And so the backgrounds can be whatever they are. You just got to know how to tap into those resources, know how to connect with the community, and just know how to overall connect with people. And you have proven that. You know, one of the things I will ask you again: What is something? that not just keeps you mo motivated, but what are some of those beauty trends that you see coming back uh, that you wish, uh, well, let me say it like this. What are some beauty trends you see coming back or wish you would want to see come back? Um, one thing that I see is 
people returning to um, wearing braids more as a consistent style. There was mm -hmm. a point where we wore braids as a vacation hairstyle, but it wasn't necessarily looked at as professional. Um, yep. I love seeing my sisters, and I live in DC now, right? So we're a very progressive kind of city. Um, so I see so many black women, I mean, gorgeous, educated, talented, um, not just wearing braids, but also like myself wearing all like multiple hair colors. Like it, yeah. it's now, it's known that it is professional and that you cannot discriminate against a person because of their hair, period. Um, and I love that. I love seeing the fact that people are really embracing protecting their natural hair versus putting their own hair through a bunch of craziness. So with most black women, I, I see these comments sometimes on Facebook, social media, where they're like, oh, she wearing all these weaves. Yeah, well, sis got inches under that weave, okay? Because I work with those people. Those are my clients. They got hair to their waist. So why are you worried about her edges uh, being natural or not loving herself? I think that's the best love you can provide for yourself is self-care and preservation, right? Protection. Yeah. So I love seeing yeah. that. I love seeing it. And I love seeing older women, for instance, now taking more risks, like stop saying that, oh, I can't wear that because I'm 50 or 60. Listen, I'm going to be 75 with some booty shorts on. Okay. And I'm going to look good. And y'all going to keep telling me that I'm not going to age myself. I'm 40 right now. And no one believes I'm even 40. So it's like, I just love that. It's like, we're just releasing all these, these social norms. Like I see even men getting hair extensions. Yes, sir. Please. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And it's not a, a, a weird thing. It's like, it's normal. It's literally a normal thing. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I, I, lo I love it. I, I love the fact that you said that because I think a lot of times we do forget that, you know, the norm is not what people want it to be, but what it is and how we can adjust to that and how society has kind of, you know, deemed certain things professional that, that has just been quote unquote their way of seeing professional. Um, right. so you have super duper energy. It's it's it's, it's off the chart. Uh, if you had to describe yourself in three words, you gotta tell me what would it be? Oh my God. Okay, so I am definitely um innovative. Yeah. I am passionate is like an understatement. Yeah. Um and also I'm loyal. You know, when I decided to be a natural hairstylist, I've never gone back. Like it was never a question in my mind, never, never a question in my mind. Um, so I think those combinations of things make me so successful now because my circle is increasing constantly. You know, I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly in a space with people who are bigger than me. And I always pray for that to be the smallest, the smallest person in the room. You know, I want to be the weakest link in the chain, right? Because I, I've been the big fish in the little pond. I'm done with that. Oh, baby, yeah. it's time for me to expand. And God has been expanding Absolutely. my territory because I was willing to give it all away. When I left Nebraska, it was like, listen, baby, come. Just come home. It doesn't matter. Just come on. Come come to D.C. Just come to D.C. I gave up everything. And I'm so grateful I did because God has shown me favor and increasing my territory and said, you have been faithful over this little that I gave you. Watch what I do. So every day I wake up with expectation. I have a positive point of attraction and I protect that point of attraction. I don't let anybody in my space that does not share that because that's where we're going. You know what I mean? That's how we get in there. It's our being. It. It's not what you're exactly. doing. It's who you are. It's your resonance. You know? I, I, so that's I, what I'm I, doing. I, I, amen to that. Amen to that. This has been, <laughs> I mean, you can only, I can only give so much time 
to pod, to the podcast because I wish I could make them go an hour and a half so I could get to know you a whole lot better. <laughs> but, but 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 because we're having such a great conversation. But before we get off, why don't you promote yourself, your business to the audience so they can know how to get in contact with you? Thank you so much. So you can search if you search Warrior Goddess Beauty. That's my hashtag, Warrior Goddess Beauty. That literally those I should have said those three words because that's really who I am. I'm a warrior, I'm a goddess, and I am beautiful, honey. But that is my hashtag because that is my jewelry line. I have a jewelry line called Nithra that is basically a sustainable jewelry line. So I produce jewelry that is made from reclaimed, repurposed items, um, such as these. These are one of my earrings that I've created. I call them goddess medallions. And actually, I create them from reclaimed materials. So this fabric is actually original fabric that is from Cameroon that was custom created. Wow. And I turned that into these beautiful earrings. So when my clients get their hair done, they can leave with some beautiful accessories. Um, my salon and my beauty services is called Sela and Co. But if you just look up Sela Alexander, just Google me, you'll see me. I'm everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> Selah, you have been amazing. I love your energy. Thank you for being a part of uh, uh, In My Chair. You know, guys out there, if you want to be a part of an In My Chair podcast, why don't you go fill out a form on shareshare.com and I can't wait to host you. Amazing day, Selah. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it.